in page eight, or on page eight of my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke, page eight at the top, titled chapter one, no man is kept poor because opportunity has been taken from him, because other people have monopolized the wealth and have put a fence around it. No man. That's a quote out of the, by the Wallace Waddles out of The Science of Getting Rich. Now, I'm going to need you to imagine something for me. I need you to use your mind's eye. Maybe you're driving or you're sitting on a train or you're on a bus or you're exercising. I need you to use your mind's eye. And I want to describe something to you that I've called the money flow. I want you to imagine a well, you know, an old fashioned well. Now, some of you from the city have never seen a well, but some of us from the country actually used it. In Alaska, I had a well as a kid. It's an actual hole that goes down into the ground until you hit the water level. Now, the water level is not that far in some places. In some places, you're not going to hit it. But the water level, back in the day, you would lower a bucket down, you'd scoop up some water and raise that bucket back up. Now, this is a big improvement over going down to the river, <laughs> right, to get some water. So imagine, if you will, a well, an old-fashioned well, you know the kind where you lower the bucket in to retrieve water. On the ground in front of the well, you're going to notice a couple buckets. These are larger buckets than the bucket you're lowering. There's three of them. They're empty. Now, here's the thing I want you to notice about these three buckets. Each one of these three buckets is labeled. There's a title, a label on the bucket telling you what kind of bucket it is. One of the buckets is labeled necessities. One of the buckets is labeled savings. And a third bucket is labeled investing. Now, they're all about the same size. Necessities is, well, bills, things you have to buy. It's also debt. The second bucket is savings, and what this should be called is your protection bucket. This is to protect you. And the third bucket is increase. Now, most people are not going to have what I'm about to describe to you correctly. The purpose of my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke, was to get you to align the buckets correctly so that you could actually be an investor. If you'd have had this bucket system down in 2008, the financial crisis would not have been as big a deal. There, here's the thing, though, about this well. There's a sign on the well that challenges you to try your hand at a game. It's a simple game that anyone is invited to play. To win, all you have to do is simply fill up all three of the buckets to the brim with water. If you do fill all three buckets, you win. Sounds easy, right? The prize for winning, you become wealthy. You are financially free. You no longer have to worry about money. You can retire comfortably and fill your days with activities that make you happy. <laughs> Sounds good, right? Sounds like an annuity commercial. You can surround yourself with all the things that bring you joy. Your life will be filled with good food and comfortable clothing and safe, warm shelter. You will be free from excessive physical labor in exchange for money. That is the true value of investing. Breaking the bondage between physical labor, mental labor, selling of oneself, selling of one's skills in order to receive money. That is the transaction. If we were to break down investing into its core, what would we call it? Core, what it can actually do for you, what it's actually all about. It's about generating money that has nothing to do with you. No, none of your time, none of your labor, meaning the money just comes in. 
this is what investing does for people. It breaks you from the exchange of time, labor, or talent for money. It seems to be an easy challenge to fill these buckets up, but here's, we got two problems. One, the well will only give you so much money in any given period, meaning you can't just keep lowering your bucket, pulling it out, lowering the bucket, pulling it out. There's a limited supply of water. And if you look closely at the buckets, you'll notice that one of the buckets that's labeled necessity, it has a big old hole in the bottom. That sucks. And this is no small hole either. This is a sizable hole at the bucket. I mean, as fast as you're putting it in, it's running out. I'm using a metaphor here, of course, and you've probably guessed that the well actually represents your source of income. There's only so much money you can get at work. You can only work so many hours. The water you pull out of the well represents your monthly, yearly, daily income. The amount of water you can pull out of the well, or i.e. money, determines how much water you can put in each of the three buckets. Now, everyone has to start with bucket one. We got to eat, got to pay our electric, got to pay our mortgage or our rent, got to pay the car payment, credit cards, the bill, like all of that shit goes in bucket one. And then bucket two, well, we'll get to bucket two. Tip, author's note, pay yourself first. Minimum 20, 30% of your gross income directly paid to you. If you were to hold this strategy for the rest of your life that you paid yourself first, meaning you received your paycheck and you immediately invested, and then you lived on the difference. This is not how people do it. If you were being honest, this is not how you do it. Very few people do this. Now, you might take a little, you might snatch a little bit. And I'm not poo-pooing it if you do do this. But you may snatch a little 5%, maybe 10. I mean almost no human beings who take 20, 30% off the top and then try to live on the difference. I'm going to push you if you want to get rich. The way I became a millionaire in 8.2 years is I invested 50%. 40 to 50%, sometimes 60%, and I lived on the rest. And I did that for a decade. And when 8.2 years, I became a millionaire through the power of compounding. But by living on less than 50%, and oh, and you got to pay taxes. You say, well, I can't do that. I know you need to make more money, and we'll get to that. The necessities bucket with the hole at the bottom represents the money you spend to enjoy the quality of life you want. The bucket subtitled bills because it includes all the debt obligations you've accumulated in your life. The savings bucket represents the money you absolutely cannot afford to lose. This bucket is subtitled protection because this bucket is your protection in a worst case scenario. This is the bucket that most people won't get right. They'll say, well, I don't want $25,000 sitting in physical cash in a safe. I could invest it. Yes, because you're stupid. I don't know any other way to say it. The reason you think that is because you are stupid. You need protection. The point of the savings bucket is to protect you when you lose your job, when there's a recession, when you're hit with a lawsuit, when you absolutely fuck up and wreck your car. When things happen to you that are out of ordinary, when outlier events happen, you will never, ever have to borrow on your house, take out a home equity loan. You'll never have to close out a 401k or take a loan from that because you will have protection. Consider it insurance. And this bucket should be being built just like your investment bucket's being built. Listen, imagine... In 2007, 
you had a couple hundred thousand dollars in the market, you had a hundred thousand dollars in your savings bucket. Every financial advisor in the world would have told you you're a dipshit. That's too much money to have saved. That money should be in the market. And then the market crashes and falls by 50%. Who's smart now? See, the thing about the savings bucket is it can also become an opportunity fund. This is what people miss. But see, that opportunity, the reason I don't talk about this a lot is because it doesn't happen a lot. As soon as I bring it up, people think every fuck, every damn sell-off is an opportunity, and it's not. I'm talking about big opportunities, historic, massive crashes, not 20%. I'm talking about 50%. Shit goes bad. Then you could take your savings bucket and move it and becomes an opportunity fund to level up and grow your wealth. I did that. No financial advisor is going to advise you to do that. They're going to tell you to keep three to six months in savings. I'm going to tell you to keep two years. It takes time. You can't do that. It takes about a decade to get to the savings bucket that I'm talking about. And if along the way the market does a 50% crash, feel free to empty it and buy some quality assets. And then go back to work in the formula. Maybe you never get to it. Maybe you get lucky. The final bucket is entitled investing bucket, which represents your future wealth. The bucket is subtitled increase. The purpose of this bucket is to increase or grow your money. The game the well invites you to play is simple. Simple. If you manage to fill all three buckets, you win. You're rich. Voila. You become financially independent. You will have a richer, fuller, more abundant life than your peers. But be warned, most people who play this game will lose. So can you win this game? You can if you play it smart. You can win this game in a relatively quick period of time. It takes five to seven years to set this up properly if you use my system. And the best part is you can begin to play the game immediately. It's fractal. You can play on any level. And you can start right where you are today. Simplicity and dependability. The money management system that I've used to become financially free is quite simple and is far cry from the get-rich-quick schemes that come across my desk each week. These schemes and their secrets they promote seem exciting, and so I have investigated many of them, and I've found very few actually work as advertised. And I've come to realize that even the more sophisticated financial programs are like toys but that you buy your kids at Christmas. They look fantastic in the box or the advertisement. But when you get to use them, they're either too complicated or quickly break down. And when they break, you lose your money. Simple proves to be the most profitable. This is why Warren Buffett tells people, just put your money in an index fund. Why? Because it works. It literally works better than mutual funds. Why? Because it doesn't charge you 2% or 1% or whatever nonsense fee that your financial advisor brings to you that does very little value for you or your 401k that you actually don't understand what it's invested in. The Janus balanced world global, blah, blah, blah fund. What does that mean? What does that mean? Most people don't know. And yet they put fear. Four things they are going to steal your wealth. Taxation, debt. That's bucket two or bucket one, right? Taxation, debt, inflation, which the third bucket investing will offset this for you, and corporate marketing. Corporate marketing. As simple as it is, the system I'm going to introduce you to today can provide you for all your future financial needs. It will allow you to live well now 
and live well into retirement, but you must agree to two simple rules. No exception. I'm dead serious about this. My first rule for building wealth, I learned from one of the most successful and richest men in the world, Warren Buffett. Never lose money. The primary characteristic of this plan is safety. Your money is precious and it must be protected at all costs. Second rule for building wealth is grow at least a little bit richer every day. And the second rule, an equally important characteristic of this plan is this dependability. It will give you regular escalating net worth without significant setbacks or unnecessary risks. I call this strategy the money flow. Let's talk about the first bucket. Wallace Waddle says in The Science of Getting Rich, man cannot live fully in body without good food, comfortable clothing, a warm shelter, and without freedom from excessive toil. That's what investing does for you. I grew up relatively poor with a father who bailed on my mother when I was only eight months old. My father rarely paid child support, so we would often move when rent was due. And as a kid, I was embarrassed of the trailer cart I lived in and the clothes I wore, often purchased at Goodwill. And luckily, when my mother remarried, I was about seven years old, our situation improved. I can tell you this so you understand. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, and I didn't inherit some large sum of money, nor did I win the lottery. I just rise and grind every day. At about the age of 29 years old, I caught on to this idea of the money game. And by about the age of 36, I coded it, named it, and claimed it as this idea of the money flow. And then I began to develop strategies for building wealth inside of real estate and with the stock market and using charts and the way that I saved my money and the way that I invested the money and the way that I protected my wealth. I've literally dreamed of being financially free since I was the age that I could understand the concept of money. For as long as I can remember, all I've, want, I've wanted to own my own business and be financially free. Even at an early age, I understood to be truly free, I had to have more money than I needed to survive. And so, from an early age, I've always looked for ways to make more money. As soon as I was old enough, I got a paper route. I worked hard and built the route so that I, I often had to hire friends to help me. And in the winter, I made money shoveling snow out of driveways. And in the summer, I was running a lawn care service. Seven days a week, I was trying to make money. From an early as I can remember, I've hired my friends and family to help me make money. I've spent, I've spent most of my money on basic necessities that my parents couldn't afford, but I always spent a little bit on the, necess nice, the niceties of life. Even back then, I had the notion that I didn't need to deprive myself now for a better life in the future. I knew there had to be little rewards to keep you going. The trick is to cut out the unnecessary and replace it with things in life that you will treasure. Think quality over quantity. Do you think I treasure a half million dollar stock portfolio that pays me between $2,500 and $3,000 a month in dividends? Do you think I treasure that? <laughs> More than a hat or a purse or clothes or a shitty car. Change what you treasure. I tell you this to emphasize a key part of my system. I don't believe in scrimping or cutting back severely to optimize savings. I believe you can live a rich life while you grow rich, as long as you're willing to work hard and be smart about your spending. If you will give your attention to the ongoing process of building wealth, getting a little richer every day, you will be successful. This is the typical earning, spending, saving pattern that most people I speak with. And I'll go through this pattern and then we'll wrap up the show. I don't want to go too long on this. It gets hard to follow. 
There's a thing called the life cycle hypothesis. I know we're getting big here. And I remember I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree. I'm not certified. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a tax accountant or, or an accountant or an attorney. Right? But I do manage about $3 million in money invested. Manage it. Actively, personally manage it myself. Move assets around. Take loans. Move like All the things you do. I manage a fund. Basically a family fund. Day to day with the goal of making more money and growing the fund. Inside of this, there's this thing called the life cycle hypothesis. It concludes that the average propensity to consume is greater both in young and aging individuals since they are borrowing against the future income in the case of young individuals or simply using savings as with aging retiree. While the middle-aged people, on the other hand, have a greater propensity to save and lower propensity to consume enhanced by typical higher in income meaning the young people are stupid and they spend all their money. The old people are broke and spend their savings. And the rest of us in the middle basically got to pay for the two groups. During their 20s, people spend every nickel on their modest income to, just to make ends meet, just to get through the month. And at this age, it's nearly impossible to put money aside for the future. This is the time that many young people will wrap up massive student loans. Not only do they not make money, not only do they not save money, but they sign away future money it's disgustingly shameful. Don't do that to your kids. Break the cycle. If you have student loans, break the cycle. During their 30s, their, their income increases. But this is also when they start a family. Expenses begin to soar. There are more, more mouths to feed. They need a family car to buy. There's the dreaded down payment on the first house. There's the vacations. They manage to save a little during these years, but not nearly as much as they would have liked. And But they find lots of justifications. You only live once. If they work hard and make good career decisions, their incomes climb much higher into their 40s and 50s. They have more money to put aside for the future, but they also are tempted to buy newer cars and nicer clothes and exotic vacations. And the biggest wealth stealer of all, the dream home. Think about millions of Americans that lost their home to foreclosure in 2008 housing crisis. Millions had their credits destroyed and their savings wiped out, trying to hold on to homes they should have never purchased in the first place. In the 1950s, the average American home was almost 1,000 square feet smaller than today. The cost of the average home is the equivalent to the annual salary of the buyer. Our new model of prosperity has changed our priorities. Today, people often spend two to five times their annual income on a house. We have to create fancy loans that few people even understand. They never pay down the principal so the loan, so they can buy even a bigger dream house. Or you buy your car on a seven-year note. I talked to a guy yesterday has a nine-year car note. Nine years. Shocking. Vincent Peale says, any fact facing us is not as important as our attitude toward it. For that determines success or failure. In their late 50s and 60s, their income plateaus or even dips, and they may have to start shelling out for college tuition for children and grandchildren. Aware their retirement funds are being depleted rather than enhanced, they begin to invest aggressively trying to make up for the difference. Finally, sometime in their mid to late 60s, they realize they don't have enough money to retire. They've spent almost 40 working years working hard, chasing wealth, but they never managed to attain it. They realize they've saved way too little and spent way too much. My dad. It's sad, but the reality, this is the reality for most people. And it's the reason I write these books. 
And it's just as true for high income earners, doctors, lawyers, etc., as it is for the working class. Believe me, that's true. Even though they've earned more each year, they've continued to increase the amount that they put in a necessities bucket. God, it's so true. Wallace Waddle says in Science of Getting Rich, you think you get the idea, I want you to read that book. The ownership of money and property comes as a result of doing things in a certain way. Those who do things in this certain way, whether on purpose or accidental, get rich. While those who do not do things in this certain way, no matter how hard they work or how able they are, remain poor. Two lessons to be drawn from this. First, it's very difficult to acquire wealth if you increase your spending every time your income goes up. Second, setting unrealistic investing goals, meaning taking higher risk, taking on more risk, contrary to what the pundits say, is, will almost always make you poorer, not richer. The truth is, there's only a marginal relationship between how much you're spending on housing, transportation, vacations, and toys, and the enjoyment that you actually derive from them. My three-bucket spending system is simply this. Discover your own less way to live a rich and happy life. And by, quote, rich life, I mean a free life of financial stress. But it is also filled with the things that give you pleasure. I've discovered that the things that make you the happiest often cost the least. Author's note and tip. Replace hobbies, things that cost you money, replace them with hobbies that generate profits, that preserve wealth, and that improve the body, mind, and soul. Your family can be just as happy in a house that costs 100000 or 200000 as one that costs $10 million or $20 million. And likewise, a $10,000 car will get you where you want to go just as easy as a $100,000 car. In fact, there are dozens of ways to live like a millionaire on a modest budget. If you learn those ways, you will have a tremendous advantage over everyone else at your income level. Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, Gerald Peters. Thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. I've been kind of doing some of this coming back and hitting and reading from my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke. Just as a reminder, repetition is the mother of skill. Hope you enjoyed the episode. God bless.